Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Welcome in all of our locations right now and those watching online. We are so glad that you're with us, so glad that you are in God's house today. And I just wanna remind everyone that in a couple of weeks, we have our Christmas services uh, beginning. And I wanna remind you that you need to go online and reserve your tickets. Uh, we, have a such, we have such a large attendance at our Christmas services, we, it, it has to be a ticketed event. The tickets are free, but you do need to reserve your seats. Last year, we had over 40,000 people attend our Easter, I'm sorry, our Christmas services. And uh, this year with the way Christmas falls um, on the weekend, we're not uh, able to do as many services. And uh, so I think our capacity is around 34, 35,000 people. And we already have well over 20,000 tickets that have been reserved. So I'm just encouraging you, please get online and, uh, and reserve your tickets. It is gonna be a great Christmas season here at Celebration. All right, are you guys ready to get into the Word today? I think you're really gonna be encouraged uh, today. If you have your Bibles, I'm gonna ask you, or if you have your Bible on your iPhone, and uh, you are actually looking, uh, looking up your Bible on your iPhone and you're not texting or playing Angry Birds or what, whatever you do. I'm gonna ask you to go to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. And... Uh, I wanna to talk to you about God's timing and, and the, the process of waiting on God. And I've entitled today's message, Divine Delay. Divine Delay. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, Lord, for the next 30 minutes or so. Help us to lean in. God, help us to, to understand, Lord, that, that many times the delays that we experience, they're divine delays, Lord. And help us to understand that process and how powerful and how important it is. And we give you all the thanks and praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You know, generally as human beings, we do not like to wait, do we? How many of you just love waiting? I don't think anybody likes to wait. We don't like waiting in lines. Come on, we don't like waiting in traffic. How many of you know if you wait in traffic a little too long, you start turning into another person? Come on, where's, where's my road rage? Road rage people out there. Come on, confess, confess right now. I've seen you at those Rageaholics Anonymous meetings. Uh, but you know, there's just something about waiting. We don't like waiting, and especially, man, if you're a parent of small children. I mean, children just don't like to wait, do they? It's amazing what they can transform into in just a couple of minutes when they have to wait for something or wait in line. Uh, you know, I was reminded uh, of, of this story. When I was speaking to our college students this past week, I meet with our college students every single month. This story came up. We were talking about Christmas stories and it's around Christmas. But uh, when I was five years old, uh, we lived in Alexandria, Louisiana. Uh, Alexandria is a town in central Louisiana. Come on, Senla, yo. Okay, so... It's a little town in central Louisiana. When I was five years old, uh, it got snow. And so snow for central and south Louisiana is very rare. And so this was the first time that I saw snow as a five-year-old. Now, I don't really remember this. There's several photos of the story I'm about to tell you. And my parents bring it up often. So I'm kind of relaying to you how my dad tells it. 
Okay, and so it, it, it snows. My first time to see snow, and so I asked my dad, I was like, Dad, let's go build a snowman. Come on, let's go build a snowman. And so we spent all afternoon building this snowman because how many of you know, if you live in Louisiana, you're not too skilled with snow. You're good with mud. You're good with bayous. You're good with swamps. You're not good with snow. So my dad took all afternoon, me and my dad, and we built this snowman. And my, my dad says, you know, after we, we, we built it, he said, I kind of stood back to the snowman and I started telling my dad what things we needed to add to this snowman. I was like, well, he's, we, you know, it's, it's, no, we gotta have this kind of nose, like a carrot nose. And, and, and my dad could tell, like I was really into how this snowman needed to be put together and dressed. And my dad's thinking, you know, maybe he's gonna be in the fashion industry. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, obviously, look, look at this awesomeness of fashionness right up here. I mean, I could have done that. And uh, so, so I'm getting real particular. And then, you know, he puts all the face stuff on and the stick arms and all that. And I'm like, no, he needs a scarf. I tell my dad he needs a scarf. My dad has to go in. He finds a scarf. No, he needs a hat. I'm telling all these. So finally, my dad gets this snowman, just like I've been asking him to. Very, very specific. He, he has it all done. And he says, when, when he finished, I just kind of stood back and I was just watching the snowman. Now, here's what my dad didn't know. That Christmas, I had seen Frosty the Snowman for the first time. You know, the movie, the cartoon where the snowman comes to life. And so I'm standing back and I'm waiting in my waiting. Now, my dad doesn't know what's going on and he's trying to, he can tell I'm becoming upset. He's like, what's, what's wrong? It's, look, this is, this is a, just how you wanted it. This is, the, and, and he said, I won't, I won't say anything and I'm just waiting, I'm waiting. And he can tell I'm getting mad and my, you know how kids are, you know, my lip and I, 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 I start to get mad. And so finally my, my dad, he can't get out of me what's bothering me. And so he goes inside, he's kind of looking at me out in the yard with the snowman. And once again, I'm just waiting, waiting, looking at the snowman, looking at the snowman. All of a sudden, my dad does something, goes about, looks out in the window and he sees I'm coming back to the snowman, I have gone in the house and I've gotten my baseball bat. I've gotten my baseball bat and I go straight out to the snowman and I proceed to demolish this snowman and in this fit of rage and fury and screaming and just beating the snowman just to a pulp with a baseball bat. See, some of you are thinking, ah, Another piece of the puzzle falls into place. The dots are connecting now when you think of me here. And so, so my dad you know, runs out there, tries to console me. He finds out that I had seen Frosty the snowman and I had a full expectation that when we dressed this snowman the right way, he was supposed to come to life. And because he did not come alive, I was devastated. I was demoralized. You know, many times in our lives, when we expect something and we have a man an expectation that things should happen like this or my, 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 th this, I, I want this to be like this or my marriage or my kids, my finances or what's going on in this relationship or we, we have an expectation that we want to happen 
and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. And many times when we don't see that expectation come to pass, we resort to destructive behavior as kind of a coping mechanism because we didn't get what we wanted or the waiting just seemed too long. And here in the Bible in John chapter 11, we have a great story that kind of shows the, 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 the attitude of waiting that can be frustrating and the attitude of waiting on God that we should have. And this is in John chapter 11. I'm gonna just kind of go through a few verses of this chapter. And this is the story where Jesus is gonna raise Lazarus from the dead. John chapter 11, verse one, it says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Now let me give you a little bit of context about Mary, Martha, Lazarus, and Jesus, okay? There's another story in Luke. Some of you might be familiar with it. That's when, you know, uh, they're having people over for dinner and, and Mary is the sister. She's like the chilled one. She's probably on the worship team. She's creative. She's probably artsy, whatever like that. And she always likes chilling at Jesus' feet and she's just about worshiping Jesus. But her sister, Martha, is like the execution oriented one. She would have been a great executive. She's like, look, I'm so glad that you're having a great time with Jesus and worshiping, but look, we got to get this lasagna done and we got to get things cranking here. And we got, we're having people over for dinner. Why don't you get up off your worship behind and come help me? And here's the thing, Mary, Martha, their brother Lazarus and Jesus, they were very, very close. They were very good friends. I mean, I mean, Jesus was over at their house all the time. And so here's what happens. Here's the context around this story. Jesus is out healing people, okay? He's healing strangers. He's healing Romans who were the enemies of the Jews. So now Lazarus, the brother of Mary and, and Mark, these are Jesus' close friends. Lazarus gets sick. So immediately Mary and Martha send word to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, that's why they say, the one who you love. In other words, what they're saying is, Jesus, look, you're out there healing all these strangers, which is great. You can continue to do that, but what we need you to do is kind of get to the house because Lazarus is sick, so we need you to get to the house quick. We need you to heal Lazarus, and then you can go back out there and you know, heal strangers and, and do whatever else that you're doing. So I want you to realize this. Because uh, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus had been following Jesus' ministry, they had a full expectation that Jesus would respond to their request immediately, come back to the house, and heal Lazarus. Now look what it says. It says, when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, here we go, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. You know, sometimes when God is being glorified in and through your life, things in life don't make sense. You know, God's ways are higher than our ways. And there's just many times in life when God is gonna get the glory 
and where Jesus wants to glorify himself and, and his power so that you can be blessed, so that others can be blessed. Many times what's gonna happen is you're gonna enter into a season that maybe doesn't make sense. You're gonna enter into a season of waiting. And here's what we need to understand about waiting on God, okay? With God, a waiting season is never a wasted season. A waiting season, come on, you can clap right there. A waiting season is never a wasted season. We have this idea when we're waiting on God, when, when, when we're having to, to wait for things, it's like time is wasting. Uh, 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 things are wasting. Things need to get done. I need this solution. I need that. We don't understand that when God is involved, those who wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. With God, a waiting season is never a wasted season. And look what it says here. It says, uh, now Jesus, as we were talking about, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Mary and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he immediately went, nope. When he heard that he was sick, he what? He stayed two more days in the place where he was. Can you imagine what was going through Mary and Martha's mind when they heard about this? What, you mean Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick and he just, he stayed there? Like he's gonna keep healing strangers and all, all that kind of stuff and, and even the people that are persecuting the Jews. I mean, Jesus stay with those people. And I mean, this is Lazarus. This is one, this is one of Jesus' best friends. Jesus isn't gonna come and, and heal him. Like why, why would Jesus deny us this request? Why would Jesus deny us this? Here's the other thing. Not only with God, is a waiting season never a wasted season? But God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. You can clap at that one if you want. God's delays are not always God's denials. We have this idea, we have this thought process, if something doesn't happen, when we want it to happen or when we think we need it to happen, all of a sudden God has denied us that request. No, 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 no. Many, many, many times God's delays are not God's denials because God has a greater purpose and a greater blessing that he wants to bring into your life. So many times we have this expectation, we're praying for God to do this, and God's like, no, I wanna do something way better than that, and if I give you this, then the that can't happen. Many times we're praying what we want, but God knows what we need. God wants to do something greater in our lives. And he knows the, the, the power that as we learn to wait on God, what that produces on the inside of us, which leads me to the next thing. So not only is a waiting season never a wasted season, not only are God's delays not his denials, but also many times God wants to do something in you before he does something for you. 
He wants to do something in you before he does something for you. How many of you, like me, constantly pray for God to do something for you? Don't you? I hope you do. I'm always praying, man, God, do this. God, I need you here. I'll tell you this. I don't know where you are in your relationship with God, but you know, when I was younger in my walk with God, I prayed out of discipline, which is very, very important to create a habit of daily prayer and daily devotion. I'll tell you now, though, I don't pray out of discipline. I pray out of desperation. Every day, I need God, man. I need God to help me. I need God to come through. I need God to, to give me wisdom. I need God to help me process pain in a healthy way. I need God to help me to trust him in a season of waiting. Come on, is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Because, because God, so many times before he does something for us, Man, he wants to do something in us so that when he does that thing for us, it's even greater than what we were asking for. Look at, uh, look at James, James chapter one. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings, this is so funny. This is like, okay, he's writing this letter to the, to the church here. He's like, hello. Now look at, look at the very next thing. Hello, my brethren, count it all joy. In other words, as he's saying, hello. Hey man, I know you guys are like suffering big time. Here's what he says. Hello, look, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, plural. How many of you have found out that life has various trials, plural? I mean, there's just all kinds of problems. You know, there's just all kinds of trials. I mean, there's a plethora of variety when it comes to disappointment and problems. Can I have an amen, amen to that? He says, look, count it, but he says this, count it all joy. He doesn't say be joyful. He just says, look, you gotta count this as joy because you're not gonna like it, but God is gonna do something in you. And then he's gonna do something for you. Look what he says. He says, count all joy when you fall into various trials. Look, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Why do we need patience? So many times we're gonna be in a waiting season. So many times we're gonna be in a season just like Jesus did here. He delayed this request. They thought it was a denial. Lazarus dies, they think that it's over, but God is doing something far greater and has a far greater blessing in mind than they can even think to ask. Come on, you know where I'm going. Look, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but look, but let patience have its perfect work. So there is a work of patience, look, that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing. In other words, so many times it's like we have to wait because we can't develop patience and our faith cannot grow unless we're in a season of waiting. 
But if we'll have the right attitude in the season of waiting, when God comes through for us, guess what? It's gonna be perfect, it's gonna be complete. Oh, you're, it's gonna be so much better than you were even asking for. It's gonna be so much better than the thing that you were even praying for. How many of you have ever been praying for something, it didn't happen, and then God did something even better, and you were like, thank you, Jesus, for not answering my prayer like that. So many times in my life, I thought, okay, well, man, I was believing for that. That didn't work out. It looked like a denial. No, it wasn't. It was a delay. And then when God came through, I'm like, oh my gosh, God, that, Jesus, thank you for not answering that other prayer. This thing is so much better. It's so much greater. This blessing, oh, if you would have gave me that blessing, it would have been good, but it wouldn't have been perfect. It would have been incomplete. I would have still lacked some things. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? But God, because I waited on you, man, this blessing was perfect. It was complete. It's way better. Lord, I'm so glad that you didn't give me the good so that later on you could give me the best. You could give me the great. Oh, can a few people? People praise God up in here. Man. So watch this. So let's go back to the story, okay? Back to the story. Let's, let's kind of pick it up down here in verse 17, okay? So he delays. Mary and Martha think it's a denial. And now here comes Jesus, verse 17, it says, so when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Think about that. Four, I mean, this is like past the funeral. This is like borderline rude at this point. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? And in fact, at another part of the chapter, it says Lazarus had been in the tomb so long that like, man, he like smelled like big time, like bad. I love the way the King James says it, like Lazarus smelled so bad, but you know, in the Bible, God has a way of making those words kinda Bible-y, kind of a holy flair to it. So elsewhere in that chapter, it says, uh, Lazarus, his body, he stinketh. He stinketh. God will just put a F on the end of any word, and you're like, all right, yeah. <laughs> he stinketh. You know what happens when you've been waiting a long time, and there's probably some, you're in a situation in your life right now, and, and, and that breakthrough hasn't happened, or that blessing hasn't happened, or that answer hasn't come, or that healing hasn't happened, or that child hasn't come back, or that marriage hasn't been restored, or that new job hasn't happened, or the forgiveness hasn't happened, or this problem hasn't gone away. There's things in our lives, guess what? Come on, they stink. It stinketh. Can I tell you this? When it gets to that point where it stinketh, I want to let you know that Jesus is on his way. You need to know that God's delay is not his denial, even when it stinketh. So, so look what happens here. It says, now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha, okay, here's the, 
Martha. We, I'm going to set him straight. You know, look. Now, Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she went out and met him. Look, but Mary was sitting in the house. Come on, some people never change. You know what I'm saying? Mary's just sitting there worshiping Jesus. Somehow this is all going to work out. But Martha, she's going out to meet Jesus. And look what she says here. It says, now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And I think she might have said it just like that, if not worse. I think she went out there and her attitude was, man, you've been out there healing all those strangers. You can do that all day long. You got plenty of time to heal all these other people, help all these other people, all, all, all of that. You, you got plenty of time to do that. The one time that your close friends, the one that you love, the one time he gets sick, what do you do? You, you can't come? You can't respond? Why have you denied us, Jesus? Why didn't you answer me and do what we needed you to do? We know you love us. We know you love Lazarus. Why did you do this? Do you see? Now look, I mean, it's, it's over. Lazarus is dead. Martha's confused. Look what the next verse says. It says, but, everybody say but. There's a shift here. See, there's one attitude that many of us have, that many of us can have. We're frustrated. God wants you to make this shift that Martha makes here. She's like, I'm, I'm disappointed. You denied us. You could have you, you helped. You could have done this, but look what. Martha says, she says, but even now, everybody say even now. She says, even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. You know what Martha's saying? And this is the, the, the truth. This is, I mean, let's get real. This is where so many people are. You're in a season of waiting. There's things in your life that stink that you've been believing God to come through for. There's expectations that you have and you're frustrated. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay. I've had some outbursts at God. You know, that doesn't bother God. God's a big boy. Okay, yeah. He can handle your temper tantrum. He can handle it when you go out and take a bat to your Frosty, the snowman, <laughs> spiritually speaking. Okay? It's good to be honest with God. But we need to make a shift and we need to say, but you know what, God? With you, all things are possible. With you, all things are possible. And you know what Jesus said? He said, your brother will rise again. Then Jesus, then Jesus goes on to say the famous scripture that we're all familiar with in, in, in verse 25. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. 
You know what Jesus was saying? The resurrection is not an event. It's a person. And when you have a personal relationship with me, it's never over. It's never too late. God, you might think that thing is dead and it's stinking. God's like, I'll breathe resurrection life into that. I'll cause all things to work for good. I'll bring it back and I'll bring it back in an even, even greater way. Listen to me. Listen to me. Imagine this. If God always met our expectations, then he would never have the opportunity to exceed them. If he always just met your expectations, then he'd never have the opportunity to exceed them and blow your mind and give God glory. Imagine this. Imagine if when Mary and Martha would have said, hey, Lazarus is sick. Get your behind back over here. Imagine there wouldn't be this story. Jesus would have rolled on back, laid a quick, you know, be healed, and then he's going on back to doing what he's doing. Thank God Jesus didn't just meet their expectation. Thank God that so many times he doesn't just meet our expectation of what we're asking for because God has something bigger and better and greater in mind. <laughs> Ephesians 3.20 says it this way. Now to him who is able to do what? Exceedingly. Abundantly what? Above all that we ask or think According to the power, what power? That same resurrection power. Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. According to that power that works in us. Think about this. Mary and Martha, they weren't even thinking. When they were like, Lazarus is sick, let Jesus come heal. They weren't even thinking this big raise from the dead, huge, greater miracle. So many times in my life, I'm believing God for something. It doesn't happen. And then God comes through in such a greater way. And I'm like, I wasn't even thinking that. I wasn't even asking for that. Lord, I was just asking for this and it didn't happen. And I thought that it was a denial, but oh no, actually it was just a delay. And the time I was waiting was not wasted and God was doing something in me before he did this big thing for me, but he exceeded my expectations and did something exceedingly abundantly above. Oh, come on, all that I could think or ask. He wants to do that for you. He wants to do it for you. Come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Come on, give God some praise. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.